It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 181, entitled 15 out of 10 for peskiness. It was recorded on Monday the 4th of October 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley and this week I am joined by Michelle Frechette, Rob Cairns and Birgit Pauly Hack. There's plenty of WordPress news to talk about as there is each and every week. We start off talking about Gutenberg 11.6 and the Global Styles UI and the addition of child theme support. We then move on to the new API for locking up blocks should you wish to do that. There's a new service by the guys over at Hero Press called WP Podcasts, which tells you about all of the WordPress podcasts out there. We then get into WP Hunts, which is a new service. It's a bit like Product Hunt, but for WordPress-specific things. GoDaddy have started a new payments option. It's a bit like Square, but a complete rival. And we also talk about a piece in which Awesome Motives marketing strategies are taken to pieces and analysed. GiveWP have their new peer-to-peer fundraising suite, and Michelle dwells on that. We show you a couple of new sites. Gravity Forms and Castos have updated their websites, and I think they're rather nice. And we also talk about a hamster, which is trading better than just about anything else, just by running around on its little wheel. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This Week in WordPress was brought to you by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Tests in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress Block Editor. Go check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Hello, 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 hello. It's episode number 181 of This Week in WordPress. That makes us about, oh, what is that? It's like three years old or something. That's a bit bonkers. And um, and I'm joined, well, first of all, I should say there is no Paul Lacey. Oh, the tear, the tear comes out of his eye as he, as he, oh, he weeps. <laughs> Betrayal is what I kept saying last week. I had a hashtag which I kept putting on the screen, Paul Lacey, betrayal. Um, no, as as you may know, if you listen to this regularly, he's, uh, he's decided he's going to take a break from the show. Uh, he's going to come on periodically. And uh, maybe that'll be every number of weeks, but he's got he's got other things that he needs to get along with. So, Paul, if you're listening, I'll never forgive you. <laughs> no, I'll see you no, I'll see. <laughs> it's the sense of humor that we share. It's quite nice. He 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 takes it in good measure. But um, so you, we will be joined by a different collection of guests this week. And uh, first of all, I'd like to introduce all three of the panelists today. We've got uh, Rob Cairns, and we've got Michelle Frechette, and we've got Beer Git poorly hack. Now, um, I do have uh, some biographies here. I don't know if they're kind of up to date, but I'm, I'm going to do the ones that I've got, which and Michelle kindly stepped in at the last minute. So I'm going to get Michelle to do her own, but I'll, I'll do Rob's. Rob is the, the chief creator of amazing ideas at stunning digital marketing and the creator of the SDM podcast, which we will actually be featuring a little bit later because we've got some podcast news from the WordPress space. So how are you doing, Rob? How are you? I'm doing great, Nathan. Thanks for having me. You are more than welcome. Where are you coming from today, Rob? Uh, 
from the center of the universe, as I call it, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> That's great. From a different center of the universe, we've got Birgit. And uh, Birgit joins us today. She can tell us where in a moment. And I'm just going to read her biography. It says, Birgit is a WordPress developer advocate sponsored by Automatic. Congratulations on the new job. She is the curator at Gutenberg Times and the co-host of Gutenberg Changelog podcast together with Greg. Um, and I'm not even going to try Greg's name. You can, if you like. <laughs> Before working for Automatic, Birgit ran her agency for 19 years and built websites and online solutions for small business, non-profit organizations and artists. So I think this is the first time we've had you on the show since your nice new shiny job. So congratulations. Well done. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm totally excited about this new job and um, so so grateful to Automatic that they offered me the job. Um, and it was really um, doing what I did for the last four years, like with the Gutenberg Times and the shows um, to do it now for paid. So that's, uh, and do more, of course, going into the deep end of Gutenberg with the developers. So, you know what? That, isn't right. that just the lo loveliest of stories? You know, you just do something because you like it for a really long period of time. And, mm -hmm. and then suddenly the people that you're doing it about suddenly turn around and say, actually, do you want to just carry on doing the exact same thing, but we'll pay you for it now? <laughs> That's great. Well, it turned out I all, uh, only had to ask because they had these um, positions yeah, on online for developer advocates. And I said, well, that might fit the bill. So I put in an application and um, yeah, it went all good from there. Oh, I'm really pleased for you. It's amazing. So that's that's Bigot. Where yeah. are you, Bigot? I'm in, in the other center of the universe, Florida. I'm in Sarasota, Florida. Yes. Well, I appreciate both of you and, of course, Michelle for getting up at probably what is, be, you know, uh, you should also be still in bed, I suspect. But uh, the third one in the, in the trifecta is Michelle Frechette. I don't have your um, your biography written down for reasons I'll explain okay. in a moment. But um, do you want to just tell us who you are? I'm sure many of us know sure, your face so already. Almost four years, I've been the head of customer success at GiveWP. I am also the board president at Big Orange Heart. I have a podcast called WP Coffee Talk, another one called Underrepresented in Tech. Um, I'm going, I'm also a contributor for Post Status and will be um, filling in for Corey most of the time on the Get Hired podcast going forward after the first five episodes have aired. And, uh, you know, and every once in a while I show my face here. You never stop, uh, Michelle. It's really remarkable, incredible, incredible amount that you put out. The, I just want to dwell on Michelle for a moment. I'm sorry, Rob, and I'm sorry, Birgit, because um, I just we've got a few little bits and pieces to share, haven't we, Michelle? We haven't I'm, kind of. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. We haven't kind of finalised any details yet. But when Paul stepped down, betrayal. The um, the, the we, we said <laughs> just says that. Right? I just like, really should stop. Just stop with that line of humour. It's not funny, is it? The um, the, See, I, the, the, I'm, every time you say betrayal, I'm going to say opportunity. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, because Paul's not here anymore, it, I, I kind of was racking my head, um, scratching around a bit and thinking, I wonder wonder what I should do with that. Should I just do the show myself and uh, carry on in that manner? Or would it be good to have a, a another co-host or something like that? And then the thought kind of occurred to me that it might be kind of nice to have like a round robin of regular co-hosts so every i don't know the numbers haven't been finalized yet but every let's say four six eight 
whatever number of weeks, we ask the same people to keep coming back. Because I think one of the nice things that I had with Paul was we built up a rapport over time. And, you know, obviously I can use the word betrayal and he's hopefully going to laugh at it because we know each other really well. And, and I think that kind of thing is important. Uh, not, not that I call people a betrayer, <laughs> they cope with it, but that you just have that nice rapport. And Michelle's been on the show loads of times. We've worked together a, a lot of times before in a lot of different capacities. So I reached out to Michelle and I said, do you fancy doing that? And she was kind enough to say, no chance, get lost. <laughs> <laughs> No, she was, she, was kind, she was kind enough not only to say, yes, I would really like to do that, but um, but also how about I go out and find some like-minded people? Um, I think it's fair to say, Michelle, we haven't quite nailed that list down as yet, but yeah. that's the plan, right? But we're in conversations with quite a few people right now. Um, we have some meetings this week with people to kind of finalize what that would look like for them to give them some opportunities to make uh, make decisions. And if anybody knows me, you know that I've I've tried to put as much diversity into that group as possible too, so that yeah. we get ex- different experiences, different backgrounds, and different perspectives on the show. Yeah, and I, it has to be said, you are considerably better at that side of things than I am. So I appreciate, <laughs> I just, really appreciate I it. I expect my face further up on the uh, on the little trio or the, the oh side bar going yeah. Uh, hang on, I, I believe <laughs> I believe we can do that. Look, look, look at that. That's a new feature that wasn't that wasn't possible before. So, uh, celebrity squares, we can play around with those. The celebrity squares was a game show in the UK where they did exactly that. The um, I've had a lovely couple of comments. First of all, just a few coming in. Um, hello, uh, says Chris from the UK. Hey, M- Maya hello. from GoDaddy saying hello hey. as well. Hey, Afternoon, man. says uh, Jordan. Hi there, Jordan. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, definitely not in the US. It's stupid o'clock there. Congratulations, <laughs> Birgit. I don't know if you know Peter. I'm sure you do. Oh, but if you don't, he's here most weeks. That's really nice. Uh, Marcus says, what does Marcus say? Hi, everyone, and congrats, Birgit. Oh, Birgit, getting the love this week. That's nice. Uh, question for Marcus. Marcus, if you're listening, I'm looking for the link that you have put out with all the timestamps for WordCamp US. If you could put that in the in the the chat that would be lovely for us thank you oh yeah thank you um and there's a little bit of an ongoing joke in that every week cameron shows up and writes a really long comment and if you post that comment it sort of covers up the person at the bottom's face and so he does it on purpose and so cameron's saying whose face do we get to cover up now actually it's it's cameron and also oh my goodness who is the other one that does it there's somebody anyway there's somebody else who comes in each week and bombs us with a massive comment just for the sake of just the sake Kind of feature. <laughs> yeah, just for the sake of covering people up. A um, few bits of housekeeping just before we begin, if that's all right. If you would like to not be anonymous, if you're in the Facebook group and you don't want to be anonymous, please go to chat.restream.io forward slash FB. That's on the screen. And it will then give you an option. You can decline or you can accept, and then Facebook will send forward your avatar and, and name. Otherwise, you just come across as anonymous Facebook user. If you've got any thoughts or questions, I do try to drop a few of them into the uh, into the show as we go along, but uh, I can't promise that I'll get to all of them, but I do try. And what's the other one to mention? No, nothing really. I think that's probably it. So if it's all right with you three, we'll crack on with the show. I'll raise my my screen, make the screen come up. There we go. 
Um, this is our website, WP Builds. I've lost it on my monitor. There it is. We we drop content each week. Thursday is the regular podcast episode, which is this week, you for undo. David Wormsley and I have been going through the A to Z or A to Z, depending on where you live. And we've got to the letter U, and now we've got, we've got loads of episodes to do with really <laughs> difficult letters. <laughs> so I don't know what we're going to do with that. But we're racing through nearly at the end of the alphabet, and then we've got some new oh, ideas. Goodness. Yeah, I know. And then what else do we do over here? We do uh, a subscription thing. If you want to sub- sign up, I don't mean a subscription thing. It's You subscribe to our email and we'll send you information about when we produce content each and every week. But that's about it. Um, I would like to probably just quickly mention that there is an event happening. It's on the 18th of October this year, running right through to the 22nd of October. It's called the Page Builder Summit. It's what the... Ah, wrong arm. That's so basic. It's that one. (laughs) There's the finger. Um, It is running um, 18th to the 22nd of October this year. And look, we've got some lovely speakers. Get past that ugly chap. And look, one of them, one of them, oh, look at that, look at that. <laughs> Somebody there, look at this it. And uh, oh, look at that, there's, there's Michelle. We've got a load of people talking this week. I'm running through the content as I'm dovetailing this podcast episode in with all of that. And it, it's looking really good. It should be really good. But if you want to be a part of it, it's totally free. If you want to show up and watch the sessions, you can watch them for the 24 hours after they're aired. Um, And then there's an upsell if you want to keep that content. Click on this button, sign up, and you're on pagebuildersummit.com if you want to know more about that. Right, enough of me blathering on with adverts and things. Let's get on to the the main stuff. I think, Birgit, you're going to feature fairly heavily in the first few articles because you are our (laughs) resident block editor, Gutenberg expert. Um, I'll quickly introduce this one and then drop it in for anybody that's interested to talk about it. This is OWP Tavern, Justin Tadlock once again, producing a piece of great content. It's called Gutenberg 11.6, improves the global styles UI, adds child theme support. And whilst at the beginning he sort of says it's, it's a fairly it's a fairly pedestrian release, shall we say? You know, there's there's he has there's not a lot of high high drama items. He does say it's quite nice for a, a release once in a while to just be without fanfare and just just hunkering down and making things work very well. Then he goes on to to talk about the global styles UI and the fact that in the future you'll be able to have these nice representations of how everything will look on the back end. If you're looking at the screen, you'll be able to see that there's some sort of typography setting where you'll be able to see what the background will look like, what the font will look like, and so on. So that's quite nice. There we go. See it in action. And the other item, well, do you know what? I'm going to hand it over to Birgit at that point uh, and just ask her what she makes of the whole release 11.6, particularly around the global styles update. Yeah, it gives us um, a short um, preview on um, or the first um, iterations of the Global Styles interface. What is the Global Styles interface? Well, uh, in 5.8, WordPress 5.8, we had the theme JSON file kind of be introduced, which is a configuration file for developers, uh, theme developers, to configure and um, put some um, uh, settings into one file instead of our um, distributed all over the functions PHP file, and to uh, introduce the custom colors. Um, yeah, make sure that uh, custom colors are no um, uh, uh, custom color, uh, color palette, brand palette, so to speak. But switch off the custom color 
um, set the font size, set the font style, set some uh, margins around some, yeah, a, a lot of um, uh, settings that were done um, scattered around the functions PHP are now in one. And that was the first step. The second step is now with this one where a user who has the permissions can um, change those settings. For instance, the color palette if they wanted to or um, the uh, uh, yeah, backgrounds and all that um, for um, a full site. Um, and it's something that uh, will be it's, it's aimed to come into WordPress 5.9. So we need um, the, uh, yeah, having it in the plugin gives uh, more users to test it and see how it's gonna work. And of course, um, Justin Tadlock's in input is always very valuable and will be uh, definitely read by the team. Um, so that's a custom styles part. Um, the other part is that if you have, um, so the theme, block-based theme is just about um, usable now um, with about 17 themes that do this in the repository. Uh, but what do you do when you wanna change um, a few things? And the WordPress way is to have a child theme. And now um, the block theme also supports child themes um, in basic things. I have not tried it out yet, but you can overrule the parent theme settings or styles or um, um, patterns if you wanted to, and uh, without um, being um, left uh, left out for updates of the parent theme. As it was the WordPress way, the the team just um, catched us up on on that uh, feature. Yeah. It looks like a really nice step in the right direction of basically uncovering this for everybody and having it stored in just the one place. So if you if you save something on the front end, it's saved to the themes.json file and then it's that, that's it. And the developers of themes can can utilize that. And then no matter where you take it and what you save, it, it's global and it just works all over the website. It, it's really nice. I quite like this implementation with a just real simple it says the letter A in capitals, and it says the letter A in small case. And then there's this little icon uh, next to it, a little circle, which gives some sort of indication of what other colors might be in use. Mm -hmm. It looks really nice, I've got to say. It looks really nice. Any any thoughts on that, uh, either Michelle or Rob? No, I, I think it... I think it's a step in the right direction. Uh, many many people know I'm in the process of moving my website from a page builder to Gutenberg, and I've been working on this for a while. And I think this will make some of the styling a little easier. So I haven't played with it much, but it's it's on my radar. So I, I think uh, the WordPress team is moving us where we need to go, personally. Yeah. Michelle. Yeah, I think it looks great. Yeah, no, I'm excited about it. I love all the changes. It's just a matter of finding the time to play with them so that I can become more familiar. Right. I think that's a really important point. It, you know, it, it's yeah. probably out of bounds for most people to allocate the time to to fiddle with this kind of stuff. So seeing seeing Justin putting together these articles every every so often and also obviously the stuff that Beer gets producing and various other people are producing is really helpful. But it, it it's not something that you're going to be playing with in the next few days unless you deliberately go out and play with it. Um, Birgit, with your sort of automatic hat on, what's the best way for people if they want to make their voice heard about these changes? What's the best place to make their voice listened to? 
Oh, there is a full site editing outreach program in the WordPress um, Slack, um, FSE-outreach-program is the channel. And um, yeah, there's um, some discussions about um, how, when you start, when you start testing things, um, what you find. But um, of course, the best way to reach the Gutenberg team is the WordPress Slack in the core-editor channel. Um, and um, yeah, post things there. Another, um, it depends on what the issues is. Um, it would be a good place to get it in front of all developers that are not yes um, in the channel when you post it is to for, um, write an issue on the GitHub repository. Um, it's actually fairly easy to do, even if you're not a developer, to get an account on GitHub. And then um, the issue, um, yeah, just either a fish, uh, feature request or a bug or a quirk. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I also call them annoyances that you find. Yeah, uh, put them in the GitHub repository um, and uh, walk through them because that's where it's all together where um, the product managers look, the, the developers look, the designers, uh, um, they're all in that um, GitHub repository and um, where their work is actually updated. Yeah. Another um, another <clears throat> quick one to mention is just find Anne McCarthy on any social channel that she's, or me. she's visible yeah. on. Or, of course, Big It, yeah. Yeah, um, you can certainly develop, yeah. <laughs> send me a DM on Twitter at BPH yeah, or send me an email to Polly at gutenbergtimes.com. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Rob, I'm curious, why did you, what, 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 made, what forced your hand? What was the moment at which you said, actually, you know what, I'm going to start using the block editor instead of what I've been using thus far? Well, I, I've been contemplating it for a long time for speed reasons, for trying to keep up with the times, for client reasons. And for two years, I've put it off and I've put it off. And then I sat in on a webinar that Spencer Foreman did about a couple months ago. And he threw this neat little utility out there called Editor Plus, which is yes. adds editor styling. The minute I found Editor Plus, that was the end of it. And now I'm... My, my biggest problem is I've got over 140 blog posts, unfortunately not in the classic editor in my page builder. So I'm in the process of converting that mess over. Then I'm going to move the site to a staging site. I'm almost through that phase. And then I'll start working on the content. And I've actually used it. It's worth mentioning as a time to do a content audit and get rid of old content and put in things like 301 redirects when need be and stuff like that. So my tip to anybody is don't just move your site. Do a content audit at the same time and see what's relevant and what's not relevant too. Yeah, that's nice. That's a good point. Um, I, I built a couple of sites over the last couple of weeks just out of curiosity with <clears throat> with the block editor yeah. to just see where I was at. Uh, man, it's fast. <laughs> the end, yeah, the, the output on the end was just, you know, I did, I, I use speed vitals. I don't know if it's .com or .io, but uh, yeah. I was very happy with the, the output. I was using generate blocks just for the container block as much as anything else. And it was really great. It was a good experience. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Thank you, Rob. Right, let's let's move on. Next piece is also on WP Tavern. We often feature WP Tavern, a little bit less so than this week than is often the case, but this is a piece by Sarah Gooding. Um, and the long and the short of it is that there's a new API for locking 
blocks, which I just think is a really nice addition. If you're looking at the screen, you can if you're watching us live, you'll be able to see the what the UI for that actually well, what the proposed UI for that actually looks like. And basically it boils down to three states. There's there's the unlocked state where you can move anything anywhere, anybody's it's up up for grabs. Anybody can grab it and push it wherever they want on the on the piece of content. There's a locked state, which looks like a padlock. There's a little icon, which enables you to just clearly see that somebody at some point, possibly you, locked this, and they would like it to remain there. But if you want to unlock it, you can, and then move it about and lock it up again. And then finally, there's the sort of system state, which I think most developers would be most interested in. The state whereby you can say, hands off, you're not getting, you're not being able to move this at all. This is just completely locked and you don't even get the option to move it. The the little six dot icon, which we're all familiar with in Gutenberg, which which then enables you to drag things around. That's gone. It just doesn't exist. And so I can well imagine, but I don't know what the permissions model around this is going to look like exactly, but I can well imagine that anybody building a website at some point, if they've been using a page, builder, that fine granularity never existed. You don't want the clients touching this bit, but this bit's fine. You're allowed to touch that bit because that's accessible. But we want to, we spent ages getting this bit right. Leave it alone. Um, and so I just think this is a really nice development. We're obviously still at the development stage, as the article says, it's a new API. Uh, Gutenberg 11.6, as we've just been discussing. Um, I'm going to go to Birgit again first, if you've got any thoughts on this. Yeah, I think that uh, should re relieve a lot of fear from theme developers and site builders, um, because up until now, there were not really um, any, not a whole lot of mechanisms there to lock down um, the, the theme or content um, in the block editor, uh, apart from um, uploading images, yeah, which only editors could do, but not contributors and all that. Um, following the model of permissions uh, like administrator, editor, author, and contributor is probably the first step for that um, to uh, make sure that those things are either uh, manageable through the, or just not at all uh, because the theme locked it down. Um, so I think that alleviates a lot of fear and um, helps uh, site builders to actually accommodate clients' wishes to um, not have editors mess about the design that they paid so much money for it um, and just to um, yeah, stay with the content that they are allowed to do. So I really like that. And it's good to be that early in the stage um, of, um, yeah, it hopefully goes also in WordPress 5.9 uh, when the global styles comes in because those two go hand in hand. I'd be curious to see what the permission was, especially in terms of like nested blocks. So, for example, could I pick a parent block and, and just click the lock and then everything that's nested beneath it becomes locked? Uh, or, or indeed, could I you know, then go into that those child blocks and say, no, actually, that one's all right. So, for example, I might have a, a cover block and I don't want the, the background image to be replaceable, but I do want the text to be replaceable. And right. obviously, that's a component of the block itself. You know what I mean? Just sort of different granular yeah. controls. Interested to see how that goes. But I can see this being useful. Um, Rob, let's go to you. If you're, um, if you're building client websites, giving permission or not, as the case may be. 
I love this idea because it means I can lock clients out of moving stuff around and I can't tell you how many calls I get. Oh, well, I moved this around and now it's your problem. So try and fix it. And everybody's laughing here because we all know this drill, right? And it's like somehow it's never the client's error. It's always the developer <laughs> designer's error. <laughs> yeah. So this will solve headaches past beliefs. And I'm curious to see what the implementation is too from from what you were talking about, Nathan, but uh, it's a step yeah, in the right direction. That was quite an interesting use case, Nathan. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. Yeah, because we are now um, also creating some test instructions yeah, to kind of see how yeah. that all works um, for for the team. Do you know what else would be good? Yeah. Is a, is a log of who clicked the unlock icon? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I promise it wasn't me. Yes, it was. <laughs> I know it was you because you were logged in. You, you clicked the button. <laughs> that would be really useful. I'm, I'm here for an argument. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. Michelle, you're going to use yeah. this. Interesting. Well, you know what I what I think it's really helpful. So I've recently joined the post status team, as I mentioned. And first I was an editor, and then it was like, we're gonna give you the keys to everything. You're an admin on the site. Well, nothing is scarier than being an admin on a site like that is. And so like being able to block me from, I mean, I know as an admin I'd probably be able to unlock it, but it would be like a visual cue that maybe you shouldn't touch this one, you know, especially because I'm writing mostly, I'm doing the posts. Um, and so, you know, I, I see they put different blocks at the bottom and things like that. And, and I, it's nice to be able to edit and fix my name if I just spell it or something like that. But on the other hand, um, it's nice to also know what you should just kind of back away from. It's like when you, is it a cat or is it a skunk, right? Oh, it's a skunk. I'm just going to back away very slowly yeah. and leave it yeah. be. <laughs> A, a couple of points further about this. It, it does. It, it offers a feature which anybody that's been using a. I'm going to get ah oh, the wrong finger again. Anybody that's been using a page builder for any length of time, these kind of features have been an integral part of it. And so it feels yeah. like it's you know we're we're getting a bit of feature parity back, which is quite nice. And the other thing to say is that I'm sure that you know you could toss a coin in the air depending on what the client would actually want. I would say when I was doing more client websites, 50% of them wanted really to be locked out of anything that could they could possibly break. The other 50% wanted absolute access to everything because they they felt they'd paid for the ownership of it and you know they just wanted to be in there and get in their hands dirty and they would figure things out and what have you. But a good proportion, like I said, it was probably about half, really did want this kind of control um, o over what they could do so that they couldn't be responsible for actually clumsily doing something which cost them time and money. I did a, a WordCamp talk a few times about how to client-proof your site but give them access at the same time. And the bottom line came to when they, when they required that you give them access because they paid for it, just like Bob Ross's happy little trees and happy little accidents, it were happy little opportunities to make more money off your clients who refuse to stay out of their own website. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. I'm, la I'm laughing at you, Michelle, but it's, it's so true. I mean, you know, I've got one client where he sent me an email recently and he shall remain nameless. And he said, you know, my contract says I own my property. And I said, okay, here you go. And then he's made a mess of it. And I said, by the way, haven't you heard the word of out of scope of your maintenance agreement? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Yeah, I can well imagine that there'd be a, a real clamor for this from the client side for yeah. some. 
clients and being able to implement Please. that and give them give them the reassurance that you can't muck oh, it up. Yeah. Don't worry too much. And anything that you are now allowed to muck up is minutes to fix. So don't panic. Mm-hmm. Just raise a couple of comments before we move on because it's quite nice to see some new faces. This is um, hello, Daniel Cosman. He says hello from Brazil. First time uh, live listening. Hey, Daniel. Uh, thanks for the awesome show. And Paul will be missed. Yes, he will be. Yeah, thank you for uh, dropping in, Daniel. We. Certainly love you to come back and uh, offer any comments that you've got. That would be really nice. And uh, Cameron, on the point of locking content down, he says it's a very welcome addition. Until now, you couldn't have a layout that did something as simple as force a page to have a hero at the top that has has not been great and should have been including earlier in his opinion. So, yeah, nice to see that comment. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Cameron. Okay, we're going to move on. Changing subject away from Gutenberg, just um, a few kind of community bits and pieces, I suppose. They're not all in big sections, but this is a this is a project that I wanted to to mention. This is uh, Topher DeRosia and Kate, who've launched a, a new podcast project within the WordPress community. It's called WP Podcast, which is just about the best domain he could have possibly wished for. And if, like me, you enjoy listening to WordPress-specific content and you like WordPress podcasts, uh, you'd really have to go to Google to discover who they, where they all were and you know what the URLs for them were and the shows and all of that kind of stuff. Once you found them, you're okay. They're locked into your podcast player for life. But until that point, it was a bit difficult. But now, Topher and Kate have gone out of their way to make this website, which, as you can see, is it's like basically a, a curated list of all the podcast episodes. And the most recent ones chronologically in time will feature on the front page. That's how it is at the moment. So no matter which podcast network it's coming from, whether it's WP Builds or Women in Podcast or Do the Woo or WP Cafe Talk and all of those great shows, they'll be on this site now. And you can filter, search for different subjects, search the whole lot. And uh, bravo is all I can say, Topher. This is right up my street. So uh, I'm really pleased about this. I'm going to go to Michelle first on this because, look, Michelle's like icon appears so many times <laughs> on this page. <laughs> so I, I was um, I was pleasantly included early on in his decision-making about this because he wanted to know, would podcasters be upset would they feel like their content was being hijacked? And I said, absolutely not. I mean, the fact that you include my podcast makes me feel very happy. And the fact that people can subscribe to my podcast right through your site and not have to find my site um, is also something that I think is very good. And so it, it's it's great. I mean, I did notice that Hallway Chats comes first, but, you know, I guess that's their prerogative. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, But really nice, really nice initiative. And I think you're right, Michelle. You know, maybe if we were into some sort of proprietary technology, we'd probably be a bit sore about the fact that our content was being amalgamated in this way. But I think it's great. I think it's absolutely wonderful. I mean, that's what that's, I mean, that's the point of podcasts is to be heard, right? And so every place we can find a way to be listed and have people, you know, listen to us and subscribe to us is something that's super important. I also just gave to you in the chat there, um, Nathan, uh, I'm running Twitter for Stellar WP. And so I did also, based on what what Hallway Chats has done here and what uh, HeroPress has done here, create a Twitter list for uh, under Stellar WP if people want to be able to follow the podcast 
on Twitter. So I kind of put that together there. Yeah. Oh, so I'm showing it on the screen now. So this, uh, do you know what, Michelle? What I know about Twitter can be written on a postage stamp. I'm hopeless I know. at it. A I know. A Twitter list. Why I'm telling you what it is. That's yes. Thank you. I need a very basic schoolboy explanation <laughs> of this. A, a Twitter list is 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 this you curating a list of things? How does that work? It is. So this is under Stellar WP. So under right. Stellar's website or under Stellar's Twitter account. If you were to hit up their lists you would see that there are 19 podcasts now that are WordPress type podcasts that are in there. Happy to add more later. You can also tell that I did it very recently. There are zero followers. So if you click that button that, that says follow, you'll be the first one. Nathan. I'm not logged in over here, so but I will do. I'll do it over there in a minute. <laughs> yeah. but, um, oh, very good. <laughs> so what this does is anything that's tweeted out from those different people, those different accounts will show up here so you'll see you know we, we've done quite a bit of tweeting um today from wp builds right so you'll see that showing up first if you scroll continue to scroll down any other podcast that's putting out Got things so there's do the woo there's coffee talk you know and so those are all going to show up there so if you're interested in what what the wordpress twitter around the from from podcast is you follow that list and then anytime you want to see what's going on you can go to that list it oh, also look, is a good place to find right. that information right yeah. Yeah, this is great. So two podcasty things to feature on the podcast. What yeah, I wasn't so expecting. You can't, the WP you can't Stellar list. To them here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I so see. Is, okay. Okay. Yeah, this is Got just it. their Twitter this, their Twitter activity. And so I put this kind of as an adjacent to what HeroPress is doing. Do you know if it's possible, does Twitter not do embedded audio? Like, for example, could there is no way to listen to a podcast on Twitter. You'd have to create it as a sort of piece of video content, would you? Well, audio content, yeah, you can upload it. Um, oh, okay, okay, yeah. but it it isn't pulled in automatically um, into Twitter from the feed. No, no it's just the, the Twitter account doesn't do that. Okay, sorry, no, forgive my ignorance. There are I'll, I'll teach you. I'll teach you, Nathan. <laughs> so Spotify, when you have your, um, you can share the link on Twitter and it pulls it in. And also, um, I'm I'm not sure if it does with podcasts, but it does with song, songs. And the other um, site who pulls in audio is SoundCloud into Twitter. Okay. Yeah, like, you know, so if you post those MP3s also on the other sites, um, you can share it on Twitter. We use, uh, for WP Bills, I use a, a, a service. So this is a bit of a plug for them, I guess. And it's called repurpose.io. And you can tell it that you have a, let's say, YouTube channel. Uh, or a or a you or a um, a podcast, and it will scrape your own audio, and then create a video out of it, and then put it onto your YouTube channel. So it's kind of like an automated um, service to to put different pieces of content into different contexts, and it, it's really good. I would highly recommend it. You, it's called Repurpose.io, and uh, it's done by Hanny Mora, who's a WordPress plugin developer as well. He's done all sorts in the audio space. Anyway, thank you, Michelle. So that's the WordPress podcast list at Stella WP. No spaces, no underscores, no nothing. Brilliant. Now, I don't want to close the wrong tab. There we go. But we're back with uh, HeroPress's version, WPPodcasts.com. You must be pleased about being included on this as well, Robbie. Yeah, I sure am. I, I think any way we can get our content out um, to, for podcasters is a big deal. So... My take has always been I don't like podcasts that are Spotify exclusives. Um, I'll tell you that now. They don't make my podcast catcher, which is Pocket Casts, which 
automatic owns now. And I just, if it's a Spotify original, I'm probably not going to do it. So from my standpoint, being a podcaster, I like to get my content into people's ears as easy as possible. And that means going to where they are. So this just helps even more. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's definitely the, the sense in how podcast is actually perceived is podcasts on RSS feed and the more it's distributed, the better it is for the audio to be heard. Um, Because the audio itself is always pulling from the feed, uh, which is from your website where you published it. So uh, I think that's brilliant, but it's also the, the epiphany of the open web, so to speak. And and you cannot really harvest that um, unless you really um, make the the sound your own and kind of publish it under a different name, which, yeah, why would you do that? Um, (laughs) But uh, uh, yeah, um, that's why there are so many podcast directories. And I really appreciate this one uh, because it's just so WordPress oriented. And there are quite a few podcast mushrooming that I probably will never um, see um, unless I go to the WP podcast site and see Mm -hmm. that there are new, new episodes out um, of something that I don't, didn't know. I'm curious to see if um, sort of language distribution, you know, maybe there's a a German podcast that I've never heard of in the WordPress space. And although I would, I would struggle to, yeah. yeah, Although I would struggle to consume that in, in its native German, just yeah. fascinated that it's there and uh, I would never have found that kind of content otherwise. So that's great. Oh, and there is one in German, for example. Oh, great. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah lovely. Yeah. Um, Cameron back again. He says he refuses to listen to podcasts on Spotify. I actually have re- recently got a Spotify account. I was using a different service until recently and for various reasons. It ended up going over to Spotify. And I was, I was really surprised that there were Spotify exclusive things. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that really curious, but but I've I've ditched it. I'm still using Spotify for music, but I'm still yeah. over on Pocket Casts, which was my player of choice as well. I'm, I'm using that for all podcasts. Nothing goes through Spotify, but I think things like, um, for example, the the Joe, I think it's Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, his Joe show Rogan. is enormously yeah. popular, along with some other ones. So it, I guess from Spotify's point of view, they're they're creating value by um, by by putting these big shows um in there but it's not for me not for me I'm the, with you. the interface isn't as good with spotify as far as i'm concerned for podcast listening for music it's okay but for podcast listening i don't consider it very good and so i would agree with cameron the other big one that's on spotify is michelle obama's podcast as a spotify mm-hmm. exclusive okay. i like michelle i like michelle but i'm sorry until they release it and these is One of the concerns I have, by the way, in the podcast industry, when you got podcast servers buying up podcast houses, like Wonderly was bought by Amazon some time ago. So one of my concerns was, would all the Wonderly podcasts become Amazon exclusives? (laughs) To give Wonderly and Amazon credit, it hasn't happened that way. You can still get Wonderly podcasts everywhere. So that's the other thing. As the industry shapes out, we got to watch where these deals start to go depending on who owns what. Yeah. Very very similar to what we're seeing in the WordPress space, except it's happening in the podcast space right now. Well, well. 
I've got an exclusive for you. I have not been approached by either Amazon or Spotify <laughs> about any Norway. of my podcasts. <laughs> big news, big news, yeah. But I, I think the, the, the podcast uh, uh, rejuvenation, so to speak, or renaissance, um, podcasts were very popular in 2005, 2006, yep. and there was actually exclusive. If, if your podcast wasn't on iTunes, you wouldn't get any listeners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now it's uh, after 10 years or so, it actually changed. Yeah, now there is uh, a big appreciation from podcasts and mushrooming um, uh, shows uh, that you need uh, and additional uh, apps to listen to with the mobile world. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, but I, I remember that I, I had to build an, uh, a podcast administration interface for oh. a new site where uh, they had um, radio hosts doing podcasts for aviation. And it was such an interesting world because there was nothing out there. Yeah, We had to really build it from scratch. And um, yeah, I remember those times. But you had to have the feed for iTunes, otherwise it wouldn't go out. Okie doke. Let's, um, let's just round that one off. Just one more quick plug for this new service, WP Podcasts dot com okay go and check it out uh, if you're into wordpress podcasts that'd be that'd be worth doing okay the next one uh, i'm i don't know if i'm going to dwell on this one um unless any of you three would like me to but this is a very very quick one just to say that wp tavern once again has um under the auspices of justin tadlock produced a piece called a web font api possibly coming to wordpress and this is kind of the idea of having um, a system whereby you can enqueue all of your font scripts uh, natively inside of WordPress. And the idea to me just seems like total common sense. It's, um, it's you know, we, we are at the point where it's just a thought, but um, we've probably all had different ways of doing fonts in the past, whether we download them or we link to Google and so on. So the idea of having some one place that would link to the work that's being done over on the theme side with theme.json seems like a really sensible idea, but I don't really have a lot to say about it. If any of you do, bot in, otherwise I'll move on. I'll move on. Okay. That, yeah, yeah, that was that was good. That was a good a good period of silence, which indicated perfectly. No, nothing to say here. Okay, perfect. Let's move on to this. This is Ben Townsend. He was actually on the podcast, uh, this show, uh, a little while ago, probably uh, quite a long while ago, actually. And although I don't know anything about Product Hunt, I keep seeing references to it. In fact, almost every service that I sign up to, no matter what it would be, Within a couple of weeks, they're telling me that they want me to go over to Product Hunt and click buttons and make them popular. And and I never do because I don't really know what Product Hunt is. But my understanding is that if you own something, you can put yourself up on Product Hunt and then people upvote, downvote, write comments and so on. And thereby your reputation is, is, is swelled. Your numbers of users go up. People get eyeballs on your product and so on. And obviously the opposite could happen. The whole thing could collapse on you and, uh, you know, it's, it's a disaster. But Ben has clearly decided he wants to do this on in the WordPress space. And so I guess this is going to be, well, he says specifically, he says, WP Hunts is an alternative to product hunt, but purely for WordPress products, themes, plugins, hosting, and maybe the odd tool. I'm guessing we could throw blocks in there as well. 
and uh, and I just thought that I would give him a shout out. I don't know if I, you guys feel this is needed, what with having the repository and what have you, but uh, here it is. What do you reckon? Um, I, I think it's pretty cool. I think that the fact that um, not everything's in the repository, so anything that is premium only is not in the is not in the repository. I remember as a new user, people kept telling me. Um, this, you know, 10 years ago, oh, you should be using Gravity Forms. And so I kept looking in the repository for Gravity Forms, but Gravity Forms doesn't show up there, right? Because it's um, it's just a premium product. And so being able to have premium products that don't have to begin as free, uh, free products in the repository is probably a good thing, especially if you're talking about add-ons, you're talking about freemiums, you're looking at things like, you know, like GiveWP's newest peer-to-peer that we're going to talk about in a little while. Those kinds of things could show up in Product Hunt that wouldn't necessarily be part of the repository or show up in other areas. Okay, I get it. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. Obviously, there's the whole side of the premium marketplace, which which Ben can facilitate. It looks like there's two sides to this coin. You've got a, a developer product owner sign-up form, which is shown on the screen. You can find this on wphunts.com. It's just on their homepage. Um, and with that, obviously, creating um, a, a form so that Ben can know that you wish to be listed. And then it looks like there's the other side of the coin, which is the user side, which you would need to create um, your own account so that you can go in and click on things, I guess, and upvote things and downvote things. Um, Birgit, any thoughts on this? No, I think it's a, um, apart from it's a very good service. And I, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Ben has found something to, to build, um, he was always uh, looking for something to do uh, something for the WordPress product. Um, and he, he started out with raffle, he started out with uh, um, the, uh, set, uh, trying to sell copy. But I think this is a very good service um, that putting both sides together and getting notifications there. And he has a very good take on um, finding those uh, new products and maybe getting in contact with uh, the owners and getting them up on, on the site. So um, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I've got to think that if I was if I was a product owner, there's no way you, you're going to ignore this for now. I mean, let, let's say that, uh, I, I don't know, maybe it, it won't be the success that everybody was hoping for. But for now, at least, you're going to definitely go over there because it may well work out and it's perfect. The idea of having this little ecosystem of just WordPressy stuff. I'm constantly looking for WordPress plugins, even though I don't need any. I'm just constantly, oh, that's interesting. That's curious. I wonder if there's a, and then going out and Googling it. And, uh, and so if I could then get some sort of measure of how it all, you know, what people think of it and how they value it and how they rate it. I guess Ben's going to have to concern himself quite a lot with making sure that the proof is real. In other words, that we don't get what we get on Amazon where you read the reviews. It's just, I have no idea if that's true or not. I just feel it's somebody's gaming the system. So, uh, Ben, I guess we'll have to be mindful of that. Rob, any thoughts? No, I first of all to tackle something you just said about gaming reviews. That's the unfortunately that's the reality of the online world. So we just got to be careful about about that. I mean, people game Amazon reviews. People game Google My Business reviews. They game everything. Um, that moving forward, I think it's a really good addition to the WordPress space. It, it kind of consolidates all the WordPress stuff in the one spot. So I, instead of looking all over the place. And that can be really handy for somebody who's more 
novice or intermediate to get them to to find things because I find they often have problems finding stuff in our space because they're they're not used to the multitude of things that we are on the panel. So that's a really good step in the right direction. So yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I just remembered Ben was also the one who had this very satirical post about the um, the listicles kind of post. Yes, yeah. yeah that you you get a list of the twenty. Uh, best plugins to use things and they're all affiliate links and you don't know what it was all about and it's yeah. probably about getting more money out of the affiliate links but the writer probably hasn't used them and there's quite a few uh, and that has proliferated yeah, uh, uh, in the WordPress uh, blogging space so I think that's uh, also one um, concern that he had that yeah, there is no source of truth so to speak uh, let's see if WP Hunts, Hunts is going to uh, turn out that way. But with Ben on the helm and having that uh, keen um, awareness of that problem, he might be able to pull it off. Yeah. So good luck to it. I remember that piece. That was quite. That was quite nice, wasn't it? It was quite. It, quite. Quite. Yeah. He was vociferous. Let's use that word. He was very keen to get his point across, yep. and so yeah. seems like the right person to do it if he's fed up of reading those articles. Just a couple of things. Um, what have we got here? Um, Todd E. Jones saying that he, I don't know hey, what Todd. he, uh, hi, yeah, first hey, of all, hi, Todd. I don't know in what context he's saying, but he used it uh, for the copy of his website copy framework. I wonder what that context he, would be. He, he used pro product hunt. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So, Todd, curious to your thoughts, would you, are you going to be, um, getting yourself involved with WP Hunt and filling out that form as, a, as an owner of a WordPress product. I'd be fascinated to know if you see value in that. This is um, Spencer Foreman, who we got who got a mention a little while ago. Um, although he's a Facebook user, he hasn't clicked on that link. I can see that that's actually Spencer. And, okay, yeah, Todd's popped back in and said, it's Product Hunt. And finally, Marcus is saying he's got to run. Thanks for the thanks for the show. Bye-bye, Marcus. He's probably already gone. Bye, Marcus. There we go. Bye-bye. Yeah, See you in a bit. Okay, right, back on to the news. We're, we're close, closing in on the hour, so we've got about 30 minutes left. What have we got next? Right, this totally took me by surprise. This is GoDaddy. We've all heard of GoDaddy, I'm sure, um, you know, for their um, – GoDaddy Pro that they have, and also for the hosting that they do. But now it looks like they're they're leaping into a really different new space. I, I don't know if this has been talked about a lot elsewhere or if I'm just late to the party, but there's a new service, I think it's new, that they've got called GoDaddy Payments. Maya was in the comments earlier who is with GoDaddy, so maybe if she can just give us some insight into that, it's up to you, uh, Maya. But um, they're launching, essentially, imagine Stripe or Braintree, it feels very much like that. In other words, you can have a, 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 the ability to pay online or, you, oh, and by the way, you don't need a website. They go to great pains to say you don't actually need any kind of web presence already. You can just have this terminal online, but you can also have the physical terminal. In other words, you can have the, the, the handheld thing. I don't know what that looks like, but it does say here, uh, with online pay links, you can accept online payments in minutes without needing a website. 
Um, oh, and it, sorry, I apologize. It's, it says virtual terminal. So forgive me. I thought it said terminal as in something that you hold. And it says with the virtual terminal, take out, take over the phone or remote payments quickly and securely using your computer, smartphone and tablet. So it's putting GoDaddy right in the, uh, right in the market of say a Stripe. Everybody will want to know what the fees are. And it says the pricing for this service is 2.3% plus 30 cent per transaction. I actually don't know where that puts them in terms of the competition for Stripe. My memory is that Stripe's 2.9 or 2.4 or I don't know if anybody... 2.9. Is it 2.9? Okay. 2.9. Now, can I jump in for a sec, Nathan? Yeah, of course. Please do. This sounds more like a square competitor to me than a direct Stripe competitor. So square... For those who don't know, serve is a service that offers a virtual terminal or a dongle that connects via Bluetooth or into the headphone jack to swipe the credit card. And I think this is a little cheaper. So there's two sides to this service. Uh, one, I'm not surprised GoDaddy's gone there. Two, I think there will be a pile of people who won't use it because it is GoDaddy. I hate to say that. There's still this connotation in the WordPress community of whether going near GoDaddy stuff is good or bad. So I think you're going to get some split that way. But the other thing to remember is GoDaddy is the world's number one domain register. So they're going to pull in business that way. So it'll be interesting to see where that shakes out, to be honest with you. I um, I use Google, I have done in the past, use Google's domain registrar. And it's quite interesting. When it started, probably two or three years ago, it was a very simple process. And you went in, you bought a domain, and that really was it. And over the last couple of years, they've just added on all sorts of things. So now they're pushing the the you know the G, the Gmail, the Google Workspaces stuff. They're they're pushing um, different hosting options and managing Google Docs and all of that kind of stuff and uh, yeah. loads you know advanced DNS settings and things like that. And and you're at the point of buying it. Aren't you? You're at the point of getting a domain. And so all these little things for another two dollars here and another four dollars there. It's kind of like oh. Yeah, all right. I'll just chuck that in. So you feel that if GoDaddy, as you described, Rob, I didn't actually know that fact. If they're one of the or the biggest, let's say, um, domain registrar in the United States, the option to just throw in a virtual terminal. And I'm guessing that there's no ongoing fee. They're just taking a cut of whatever it is that you sell online through your terminal or virtual terminal on their web interface. You... um, you, why not? It's there, right? It's there at the point that you're Did you um, see signing up. Their their virtual terminal is three point three percent. Got so, it. Yeah. So oh yeah, sure. Yeah, more, just seen that. A lot more yeah. money on the virtual terminal than they are just on online payments. Uh, whereas, so, yeah. Whereas Squares Michelle is two point nine percent. So you know they're all in that ballpark. I mean, mm-hmm. what people have to remember is when you take your Visa card or your Mastercard into a merchant. That MasterCard and Visa take a percentage too off that transaction. Sure. So yeah. people people say, oh, there's none. The the reason payment processors do well versus, in my opinion, versus a company going and getting their own terminal through somebody like Chase or the bank is they don't have the high volume of transactions to pay for the terminal rental. So they go to a virtual terminal. That's where they save the money. I'll be interested to see if they have a lower price for nonprofits like a lot of the other payment processors do. Yep. 
Yep. Um, you know, so yep. Stripe is 2.2%, PayPal is 2.2% if you are a registered okay. nonprofit organization. Yes, that's yep. a really good point. I, I don't recall reading anything along those lines, but maybe it's just something yep. that they've yet to address. It's curious, actually, and, and thank you, Rob, for pointing out that um, Stripe's not the best analogy. Square is. I, I don't I don't really have any familiarity with Square in my own life. I've never, never used yep. it um, apart from as a customer. But I, it is interesting that those types of terminals from Square and the competition, they really are clear, cleaning up the marketplace. It, it, you know, the, the, the old cash registers that we used to have and the separate little little handheld thing um, were the way of doing it in the past. But more and more, you're seeing something that basically looks like an iPad with a tiny little tray underneath, which comes out and the cash goes in and, and a little you know thing that they hold up. And nowadays, especially since the, the pandemic, the, the the ability to pay with NFC, you know, with the, the the Apple Pay or Google Pay or whatever, you just about everybody seems to be doing it that way, and um, and obviously, you know, you got to do your calculations, go and work out if GoDaddy or Square or whatever it may be end up working out better for you. But just curious that they've just jumped in in this presumably giant marketplace where the rewards must be enormous. I think where they need to make inroads, Nathan, is somebody now from GoDaddy needs to build a plugin for WooCommerce to integrate their virtual terminal into WooCommerce. Um, I'm glad pay, you said this. <laughs> pay, PayPal's already there. Square's already there. Stripe's already there. So WooCommerce is already there. They have, That's right. Uh, yeah. They, uh, uh, speaking of late, Nathan, uh, WooCommerce has uh, their own WooCommerce payments since May um, 2020. Uh, 2020. Uh, they came out right uh, in the middle of the pandemic when the the, the wave hit the e-commerce. Um, yep. uh, yeah. Do you know what? I had forgotten that, and we definitely mentioned it at the time. Um, the fact that we haven't talked about it a lot since, I, I wonder if it's just chugging away very quietly or if it's a, a barnstorm of success and it's just not being mentioned a lot. But yeah, I, we definitely did cover that at the time, but um, I'm not a heavy WooCommerce user, in fact, barely at all. So it doesn't, it's not something that ever crops onto my radar, but you've got to feel that this is a, this is a huge, huge marketplace. And if you can take 2.x percent of everybody's transactions, oh, <laughs> so, so much. Uh, okay, yeah. I think we've exhausted that one. Let's move on. This is Michelle. This is Michelle's thing. We're, uh, we're going to talk about GiveWP. I feel that, like we mentioned this before, but I don't feel that we did it justice. So another, another round. Let's, let's do it properly. Sure. This is announcing the GiveWP peer-to-peer fundraising suite. Tell us all about it. So we have this peer-to-peer fundraising suite now. I'm going to send you another link so you can see it in action, what it looks like. But what this means is that if you have an organization that is fundraising and you want people to be able to fundraise on your behalf, they can now spin up a fundraising um, group or even just individual form and raise money for you. So for example, for Big Orange Heart, we we, we did a kind of a self grown version of this at the last WordFest based on some other things that um, that Give had put out in the past and how you can kind of create this for yourself. But it was very clunky and it was just creating a form. If you click over to the link I just sent you. Yeah, um, one second. It's uh, yep. 
just you'll be able, you'll be able to see that got, the interface is so beautiful. It is. I have got audio echoing in my head. One second, let me just close that. There we go. I found it. Another tab had mysteriously opened itself, and it was me <laughs> talking, but about four seconds behind. So that was a bit annoying. Right. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. I found the link. Uh, is it this chili cook-off? Is that the it one we is. need? It is. So Amanda created that because we have actually had people in the past wonder how they could do chili cook-offs. So if you scroll down this, so let's say that you're you were doing this giant chili cook-off, and you want people to be able to have teams, you can see that people have donated. So we've put the you know, the recent donations, there's a top donors there. If you scroll down, you can see the different teams that have forms within that. So, you know, Ronan, Amanda, um, if you scroll down once, that's not my picture, but that is my old name. Um, so there is, a, she, she's prettier, but that's okay. So it's the idea is that you can have people um, create these forms and fundraise for you, for your organization. Um, and so it's, it's really great, right? So you think about the fact that maybe you're having a 5K, and you want people to be able to fundraise because they're running in your 5K mm. and not have to have everybody channel in through the same donation form. You can see person by person and team by team how much has been raised. So this has been something that's been a want by our customers for a very long time. It is a very it's a behemoth of a, you know, a development behemoth, if you will. It's it was a very large undertaking. There's a lot of code behind this. A lot of people, a lot of hours that have gone into this and uh, for us to be able to release it, it, it was released last week and uh, it's doing very well. People are very excited about it. Oh, nice. I was just thinking of in my life, the the example that springs to mind for me would be our uh, primary school, the, the school that my children went to, mm -hmm. where, you know, they've got this one overall goal of raising money for the school to provide X, Y and Z. And yet and then they've got like 200 little um, sponsorship forms all going out. So all the children yes. get one and they're all doing uh, something completely different. They make up what it is mm -hmm. that they're going to do in order to raise money for the school. And then it all goes back into the pot and you see the, yeah. you see the total going up on the thermometer and what have you. That mm -hmm. kind of an example where you're trying to crowdsource lots and lots of donations, but there's one overall Absolutely. goal. Yeah, that's yeah. lovely. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah. No, so we're pretty excited about it. And it's, it seems to be um, being, people are enjoying it and being able to implement it very quickly, which is nice. If you want to um, find out more about that, the, the blog post is called Announcing the GiveWP Peer-to-Peer -peer Fundraising Suite. It was written by Devin Walker, and it came out on September the 23rd, so that should get you where you need to go. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. That was great. Yeah, sure. I see Todd has some questions. Todd, I'll follow up with you later. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. So he's. Uh, I might as well just raise them now in case it resonates with anybody else. I have a site where I would want to do that for others, Michelle. Can I do that? Can Can he do well, that? He can do that. So the, the raising on behalf of others has always um, got some extra layers in it. So you either have to be able to connect directly to their payment processor, so Stripe or PayPal, for example, or you have to collect the money yourself and then donate it to that third party um, on their behalf, in which case all of the money that's raised through you, if you are not a 501c3, is not actually going to be um, tax deductible because only when somebody is making a donation directly to the third to the nonprofit organization um, is that money tax deductible. Okay, okay, and so I'm trying to put the link in. Yeah, Top. and if I understand this right, this is for organizations to put on their website and then give out the link, or and then uh, people who yes. want to fundraise for that organization mm -hmm. sign up on their site and then yes. get a link to the fundraise mm -hmm. that they can then share 
with a, a Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Yes. So it's not Although somebody... I'm sure that there will be more use cases to it. That's the primary use yeah. case. I yeah. know that yeah. people will will come up with a million different other ways to use it, which I think is wonderful. And uh, I, I will probably start to think about some of those to write articles about myself. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really glad that the GiveWP is doing that because two years ago, there was only one product who was actually right. uh, making that available for, for mm -hmm. a WordPress nonprofit site. Um, yep. And that was, uh, I think the name was Charitable. And only yes. with an additional layer on that, and it was quite complicated. So I um, I really admire that you went that route and uh, put it right in there with a gift WP. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, we didn't rush it, so we wanted it to be no. perfect right out the gate. Yeah. Yeah. No. Very nice. Uh, I need to find out the pricing. <laughs> uh, I, ca I can't it's, see that right away, to be honest. But uh, go, it's right go. on our website. <laughs> okay. I'm going to scroll. I'm going to keep scrolling. I'm going to. It's not on that piece though. But no, it's uh, it'll be on the website. Pages, yeah. yeah, go and have a yeah, look. I've put the link in the. Um, mm -hmm. I've put the link. Sorry, uh, big. I've put the link in the um, in the chat. I, I apologize if you can't see it, but uh, I've tried to put it where I can, and I think mm -hmm. you should be able to get that link. The the other one, Maya just popped in and said it is lower. I presume she was. Mayor's from GoDaddy, and I uh, presume she was, she's maybe listening a few minutes behind where we've got to. So that was probably an answer to some question that we had a little while ago. Um, Mayor, if you want to reach out and let me know what it is that was concerning, I will try to make it whole. Okay, right. Moving on very quickly. We are really pressed for time, and there's some at the end that I just absolutely have to do. So I'm just going to do this one and a couple of other shout outs for some nice shiny websites and this one is over on get ellipsis this is alex denning who's written a piece this week which seemed to resonate with quite a few people he it's a very long piece he's obviously done a lot of put a lot of time into this one and he's um he's analyzing how it is that awesome motive who last week acquired um, Sandhills development, so easy digital downloads, affiliate WP, and a whole bunch of other stuff. How it is that they've got this really effective marketing system. Alex himself is really into uh, figuring out how WordPress plugins market themselves and uh, and so on. And uh, all all I can say really is read this piece. It's it's fascinating, and it kind of boils down to the fact that they've got this. They've now got so much momentum on all their different properties, and I'll probably just show a quick graph. I'm sure you've heard of these properties before. They've got WP Beginner. They've got WP Forms, Optin Monster, Monster Insights, um, Blog Tyrant, Seed Prod, and now, obviously, from this moment on, anything to do with EDD and WP, Affiliate WP and so on. And just how they reflect the marketing back in. So if they put something on WP Beginner, which is a huge website with, I think he said something like 2 million visitors a month or something along those lines, just massive, how they can cross-promote. And now the other properties they've got, so WP Forms and so on, they're also... They're also big enough now that they've they've been doing the, the SEO content stuff for so long that their audiences themselves are, are well worth um, investing time into content creation with. And so they then cross-promote back. So he's saying that that easy digital downloads and all of those things being sold into the Awesome Motive family instantly make anything to do with Awesome Motive bigger um and more effective as a marketing machine it honestly alex i'm sorry i've really butchered and minimalized what it was that you were saying hoops uh, heaps rather 
sorry, of graphs and data and statistics to back up what you're saying, but it was an, a really fascinating piece. I don't know that any of us are going to get grips with that one, but I will open it up in case anybody wanted to jump in. Well, I will say that having been acquired by Liquid Web as GiveWP and under the Stellar brand, you know, we just added LearnDash um, to our family of brands. And, you know, we're up to, I think, seven different plugins now. It's interesting to see what he's done successfully so that perhaps we can follow follow the lead and, and start to capitalize on some of that. What's interesting, too, is that um, the majority of our products have the owner the previous owners are now the gms of those products as well so um you know the, the success that began could continue and now we have a, this really great hive mind of people who have grown wonderful products so it's it's we're still in our infancy we've just been accumulating um you know plugins a lot this year over the last over the last uh, 12 months and so um looking forward to seeing how we can grow that under stellar wp as well it's curious that, and again, Alex makes the point that if you were to look at any one of these products, you wouldn't really know that they were owned by this larger entity because they've got nice mm -hmm. individual branding. Uh, you know, the whole thing just looks different, different websites, mm -hmm. different branding, different iconography, the whole lot. Um, but it's only upon further inspection that you realize that actually this is all under one brand. And so I'm curious, is that, do you know, Michelle, is that the route that Stella WP are hoping to go with as well, or are they hoping to have Stella no, we, WP as the big thing? We wouldn't have created Stella WP if we had expected that we were not going to um, to show the, the fact that these are interrelated products, and and then also be working on ways that our mm. products can actually work together. So at yep. Give WP, people are always asking us, well, how can I make this into events? And now we you know we have the event calendar, and so looking at ways that we can work with our um, sister brands to be able to accomplish some of those things. Um, if you're watching the show, the reason I keep waving is because I have a fly. And <laughs> if I had to award it a mark out of 10 for peskiness, this fly is totally going to get like 15 out of 10. It's the most pesky fly ever. It's super pesky. It just keeps coming and just dive bombing me and then clear you probably can't even see it it's such a no, tiny no. little speck but it's so anyway apologies for the waving I'm, I'm i was expecting trying... you to say that this fly goes to 11 yeah that's oh, it's more than that this has got peskiness coming out of its legs i don't know what flies have anyway there we go a lovely piece thanks alex yeah. for uh, for committing so much time yes. into that this week it's really great couple of shout outs if that's all right um maybe there's commentary about this maybe there's not two web properties that we've all heard of before well Certainly the Castos one I have and Gravity Forms, I'm sure we all have. This is just nice new website designs. This is the nice new Gravity Forms website, which i got to say, I like it. This is right up my street. Um, sorry if you're listening to this on the audio, but it's really lovely. It's just a really nice design. I can't quite put my fingers on it. I don't even have the vocabulary to express why I like it, but bravo, guys. Just lovely, lovely website. And the other one that I want to point to is Castos, who is the mm -hmm. hosting platform that we use over at WP Builds to host our audio file. They've got a nice WordPress plugin. Um, I, Craig I, I Hewitt. uses it too, right? Do you know what? I think most people do use it in the WordPress space. What about you, Rob? I, I certainly do. I, I moved over yep. to Castos a couple of weeks ago. Their, uh, oh. their web design is amazing, and their support is probably the best in the business. 
by far. Yeah, they they really did need a bit of a refresh. The old site definitely looked as if it needed a bit of a refresh. And um, props to um, Mike Oliver, yeah. who um, is a designer, who's actually also on the Page Builder Summit um, this year. He's built this with Generate Press Generate and Generate Blocks, which is right up his street. And it's really, really nice little site. He's got material that he puts out on YouTube regularly to show you how you can build stuff pretty quickly and easily inside the block editor with the four, I'm going to say, uh, plugins which come with Generate, sorry, four blocks which come with Generate blocks. And it, it really is one of the sites, like I said earlier, that I was trying out this week. I used Generate blocks and it was just so straightforward. Their most recent blog post is mine. I wrote for them. Ew, come on, <laughs> let's have a look. Where are we? Where's the blog? Where's the blog? Show Under me resources. the blog. Okay. Resources. Our blog. blog. Mm -hmm. Yep. Happy International Podcast Day. That's the that's you. <laughs> that's cool. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. That was um. That was a thing, yeah. wasn't it? This week, Happy Last International. Thursday, yeah. Inter yeah. Yeah. I confess, I kind of like there was things going on that I needed to attend to on that day, and it never really got my uh, got my attention. But anyway, beautiful new site. Congratulations to the team. Lovely both at Gravity Forms and um, Castos. Well done. Great. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to miss that one, but I am going to go to this one because uh, Birgit mentioned this. This is over on WordPress.org. It's a new – well, it may be not new. I apologize. It's a plugin by Marcus Kazmierkatz. That's uh, not right. I'm so sorry. Kazmierkatz. Zach, I'm going to say that. I'm sorry, Marcus, for butchering your name. It's called Templates and Birgit. Why have you why have you chosen to surface this on the show? Well, block patterns are really big now in the WordPress space, and um, there's a um, there's a site with block patterns that you can uh, get on the repository, and the themes are putting uh, plenty of block patterns in their new block based themes. But the the person that who's not gonna be able to do block-based um, uh, block patterns is the user. And this plugin fills that gap. You can create your designs with a block editor in the editor and save that as a block pattern uh, and then reuse it over and over again. It's not so much a reusable block. It's more like the, the reusable block is for content. So when you change content in one block, it, it's propagated over the whole website and block pattern is that you have a, a fully designed section of your website um, that has an image, a headline, um, a different design. And um, you don't want to recreate it over and over again because it takes maybe a half an hour to create. But then you can store it and then reuse it as block pattern. And as a user, uh, so this plugin is relatively lightweight. He also has, um, uh, Marcus has on his blog, uh, MCAS, mkaz.blog, um, an article that says using block patterns as content, content templates. And that's what the, um, the plugin is uh, helping you to do. Um, and it's surprisingly lightweight. It speeds up site building considerably. And hopefully uh, the features, I'm, I'm really hoping that the features make it into the core editor sooner or later, maybe, mm -hmm. probably later because it's kind of an add-on. But um, there are a few things that I miss uh, is that the patterns show up in the uh, in the inserter. Um, yep. Um, and then that's um, a preview in the inserter and that I can 
make modification and save that as. But um, it's a it's a, a great way to for a user that or a site owner that doesn't have any um, coding knowledge to uh, make their own patterns. So this is I'll give give you the full URL. It's WordPress.org forward slash plugins forward slash templates, which is T E M P L E T S. You'll know that you've stumbled on the right place because there's a little icon. It's black. Um, it looks like a bunch of rectangles, sort of all um, jiggled together to make a square. And it says templates adds a new custom post type that allows for creating block patterns. Any new template post will be registered as a block pattern usable in the block editor using templates provides an easy way for authors and content creators to create patterns yeah nice this is it's still confusing i think to most people what what reusable blocks oh pesky just go away super pesky um sorry that was me talking to the fly the um it wasn't me right no no really pesky. it's right there right in front of my face um and I've completely lost my train of thought now. Over to you, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying that, that it's, it's quite confusing, the difference between reusable yes. blocks and block patterns. I thank and you. I that, that was it. Yeah. Because I'm going to catch was, this. <laughs> <laughs> there was so long, there was only reusable block, and reusable block also got a new interface and all that until block patterns came along. Um, and I think that was part of uh, the confusion because people... Uh, created a workaround about reusable blocks and then they stored it as reusable blocks and they have a button or a, a reusable block, a reusable block has a button um, where you can say convert to regular blocks. So you get it out of that content updating mechanism when you change it. So you could yeah, use it as template. And that's what uh, was a crutch that a lot of people used. And uh, that's why um, block patterns um, now is it so much easier, but it brings you uh, that confusion back. Thank you, Big. Okay, so I think we've um, I think we're five minutes to go. I'm just laughing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I should say I've put a lovely comment on the uh, on the uh, the show. It says uh, the ghost of Paul Lacey is haunting Nathan in the form of a fly. Yeah, um, honestly, I'm going to get I'm going to get back Paul Lacey for that. That's brilliant. I love that. Yeah. Um, also, very nice. Todd makes a comment that uh, Mike Oliver. We're obviously looking at the Castos redesign. Mike Oliver is the man. Turned his video in last night. He said, "Oh, that's for the page builder summit." Yeah, I haven't, I haven't yeah. spied that yet, but um, great. I will check that out. Oh, yes, I did see the Twitter thread that you you had with him. That was lovely. Um, right, a couple of things just before we begin. The first one is another beer git one. She wants to give a shout out for an upcoming webinar, Gutenberg Times Live Q and A. Now, the it's a Zoom link that you've got to get to, but because the Zoom link is horrific. Um, you know, full of just jumbled characters and numbers and what have you. I've created a, a much more straightforward link. It's the Gutenberg Live Q&A um, from classic themes to block-based themes, it's called. And if you go to bit.ly, so B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash block dash based dash themes, block dash based dash themes, then you should be able to get it. What's this event, Birgit? Well, I invited um, Carolina Niemark, um, Anders Noren, and Ellen Bauer to this show because I know they just um, published block-based themes, so um, themes that integrate already with the full-site editing uh, features. And um, they will talk about um, the journey that they made, what's the difference between doing adding plus classic themes uh, versus building a, a block-based theme. 
Um, and um, it's going to be quite interesting because um, they have all three of them followed the full site editing for the last two years and always um, and um, had some comments back, but they are not automatic people. They have, um, uh, Ellen Bauer has a very successful um, theme, tem uh, theme studio, Elma studio in New Zealand. And this Norin um, has, was the um, builder of the default theme 2020 and has come out with TOF. And then um, Carolina Niemark is the, uh, has been on the team for the 2021 theme. And she also converted that into a block-based theme called TT1 Block. Yes. Um, and that's kind of what a lot of people use. But um, you can also use AINO, A-I-N-O, by uh, Ellen Bauer and her team. Um, so it's going to be a great conversation. And we have um, a, a, a few seeds left. So I thought uh, I mentioned it here in the show. Um, and it's going to be on Thursday, this Thursday, at noon Eastern. 1600 UTC and uh, we will stream it live to YouTube. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you would get a notification as soon as we go live. Um, so um, that's another way to get in there and get around this pesky Zoom thing. Um, you could also, and if you didn't get the link, you could just go to the gutenbergtimes.com and you see it on the front page um, on the left-hand side, the, in the, above the fold, so to speak. I wonder if you too will be inundated with pesky flies. Um, <laughs> I think I think from this moment on, any any live that doesn't have a pesky fly, frankly, isn't living up to the promise. It's, uh, if it hasn't got pesky flies, it's not worth watching. Here we go. So thank you for that. So just to recap. Thank you for letting me. Yeah, of course. 7th of October, so Thursday, uh, noon Eastern time, and the link is on the screen. It's bitly.com forward slash. No, it isn't. It's bit.ly slash block dash base dash themes. Okay. With minutes to spare, possibly even just a minute. Oh, no. Now I can't make that thing go away. There. There. Yay. Success. Right. A couple of things that I want to say just totally out of nothing. The first one is this is so funny. <laughs> There's uh, there's a guy. I don't even know where the guy is, but there's a there's a guy somewhere. I believe it's a guy who has put a hamster in a box. His hamster is called Mister Gox, and Mister Gox, being a hamster, loves to sort of run around and go in his wheel, and occasionally go through the little tunnels which have been put into the into the little box. The interesting thing about this particular little box is that it's linked up to do actual trading on the stock market. And so, for example, if there's, there's a thing called the intention wheel and 30 stocks have been linked to where he ends up on the wheel. So if he runs around for a certain amount of time, uh, there are 30 segments to it. And depending on which segment is at the bottom, when the little hamster hops out, that's the stock that's in question from that moment on. And then there's two little tunnels. And if the hamster then chooses to go through one tunnel, that says sell that stock and if the <laughs> and if the hamster runs through the other cell uh, to the other one it's by that stock turns out this hamster is brilliant <laughs> <laughs> 
this hamster is outperforming everything. It's outperforming Bitcoin. It's outperforming the Nasdaq, the S and P five hundred, um, Berkshire, and the bank base rates. But it's just you can't make it up. Which just says, well, you know, do these people really know what they're doing? I just thought that was such a lovely piece, Mister Gox, the the famous trading hamster inside of his cock box. Go and have a look at the piece. I'll link. That's not. I'm let my cat take over my Twitter account. <laughs> Yeah. But it speaks, doesn't it? Doesn't it speak? stock in this one. Yeah. <laughs> sort of, to my mind, it just speaks to the sort of fairly random nature of, of uh, trading. But obviously, it's not if you really, really, really know what you're doing. But I just thought that was lovely. And, uh, yeah, thumbs up. I want a Mr. Gox in a got with a Gox. Gox, must spot. Be a Gox <laughs> yeah, I love it. The the other one I wanted to point to you only came to me just moments before the show went live, and so um, I just thought this was so wonderful. I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's it's a video from 1900, so 121 years ago. It's been made into color and it's been made into 4K. I don't know what voodoo was used to make that happen, but it's of Paris. So this is 120 years ago, and it, it's just it just hit me really hard. Like, wow, only 120 years ago, and look how life has changed. Not only do does nobody dress in this way, but the streets <laughs> oh are the streets are empty. Yeah, right. The streets are empty, and nobody's staring at their phones. It's just how technology has changed our lives in the last 120 years. You know, the streets are fuller. We're all interested in our mobile technology. Can't really speak to why it's going in the show, but I just thought that was lovely. Did any of you two, three, sorry, get to see it before you came on? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But uh, it reminded me of another uh, little movie that I saw. It was probably the same um, AI that colored it or um, made it. It was a... Uh, a, a snow fight on the street where uh, somebody bicycled through and got all the all the snowballs and was taken off the bike up. but that was kind of really fun to watch this is this lovely bit where they they've obviously got the camera on the eiffel tower lift and they go up in the eiffel tower and you can see paris yeah. sort of stretching away into the distance and what's so remarkable is there's just no traffic you know there's a few there's just literally two or three little obviously brand new cars because that would have been an amazingly new invention but mainly just a collection of horses and carts and i'm not trying to make out that life was better back then or anything like that because i believe it's probably better now but it's certainly different and i just thought that was fascinating and the last one on today's show is courtesy of um rob rob cairns you wanted to tell us about spacecraft swooping close to mercury mercury yeah I just think this is this is really cool. Space is kind of back in the news with all the this space fights and the people. And I think this is even more compelling to show you what Mercury looks like. So you know, I I'm just an old time love space. So I thought I'd share it. That's all. Look at that. Yeah, isn't that cool? Love it. I remember when I was a kid sitting in bed with Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan's Cosmos book. And I remember for the first time seeing that picture from Viking on Mars and there was a picture and it was a pretty decent picture, you know, but it was just a bunch of rubble and rocks with a sort of red hue to it. And I remember just thinking, that's a lie. There's no way anybody's got a camera on Mars. No way. That looks way too much like Earth. And then suddenly thinking, whoa, it is like Earth. It's got rocks just like we have. It's not some sort of weird thing out there. It's just like us, but, you know, with the absence of life and oxygen. Um, but this is great. Thank you for sharing that one. Look at that swooping past 
I didn't even realize they'd got all the craters named. Isn't that extraordinary? Yeah, even it is. Named all the craters, yeah. Anyway, there we go. Nothing to do with WordPress. We always end on some completely <laughs> irrelevant non-WordPressy stuff. There we go. We're done. That's the episode for this week. I would like to thank Michelle Frechette, who you'll be... Ah, fly, pesky fly. Be gone. Um, I would like to. Uh, yeah, no, everybody wave. I would like to uh, thank Michelle. We'll be seeing more of her as the as the weeks go on. I'm really pleased to to have her on as a as a co-host. Yeah, um, in, yeah thank you, uh, Rob. We'd love to have you back on to explain why you're wearing a hat with Pirelli written on it. That would be good, obviously, into your tyres. And um, and Birgit, obviously, would love to have you on just because you talk such common sense about Gutenberg and all of those kind of things, and it's great to have you on. Yeah, appreciate it. Now, what I need you to do, if you're willing, can we all do the wave? Um, you don't have to do the wave. It's just really for the thumbnail art at the end. There we go. Got it. That'll do nicely. I'm going to hang it up and say thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. Can't remember who the guests are, but it'll be somebody entertaining. Thanks so much <laughs> Thank you for much. joining us. Bye. Take it easy. Thank you. Bye. 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 Awesome. Bye.